0: No offense to my wife. That was uh, the best weekend of my life.
1: Frank Caliendo on TikTok is something you need in your life, Jesus. I watch him on Twitter.
0: Is, is that blonde kid Spencer? What in the... Come no, on! That, no, that's my sister Whitney.
2: This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from This Week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off... Here's the double coverage interview of the week.
1: It is our pleasure now to welcome in for the second time ever in the history of this show, former BYU linebacker standout and great. He was a legend in the Cotton Bowl, so many games, Shea Muirbrook. Shea, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation.
3: Thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm honored and, and happy to be a part of it.
1: BYU is a member of the Big 12. I know they're not going to fully integrate until 2023, but I can't help but look back on what you and that 1996 team did against Big 12 competition, opening up the season with the win against Texas A&M, and then closing it out with a big victory over Kansas State. So in a weird way, Shay, maybe you deserve credit for getting BYU into the Big 12, right?
3: Uh, Yeah, me and the 96 team, I, we'll take that credit. Uh, <laughs> I think that... Uh, and obviously we felt right at home in the Cotton Bowl so uh i know that's uh that's one of the big 12 <laughs> um bowl games that they they attend so no it was i i mean whether the foundation was laid or it was already there and we were just holding up the uh the standard that was set for us i i feel like uh BYU in the big 12 is is a big deal and uh kind of the mantra of that season was just gaining the respect that we felt we deserved and and i think that just kind of they continued to the work, and that's why they're in the Big 12 now.
0: Yeah, it, it was a validating moment, the respect BYU's had and finally can quantify as being in a Power 5, which is pretty cool. And then Saturday, obviously, playing Utah and ending the streak. The juice in the stadium was incredible, Shay. It reminded me of 96 Texas AM. It reminded me of the 97 Cotton Bowl. Those were some special moments. So what did it mean for you as a former player to watch, hey, BYU gets into the Big 12 and beats Utah in back-to-back days?
3: Well, you can't see it, but my hair's standing on end. I have goosebumps <laughs> just as we talk about it. Um, clearly, you know my boys are involved in in youth football and high school football. They understand, and uh, so we played football all day, and then came home for the game. And I was kind of letting them know, like, "Hey, Utah's like, you know, uh, we don't like them." <laughs> and uh, we're gonna win, and uh, so we watched the game here. And obviously, um, I think it's funny because I'm kind of an animated personality. But uh, even here in my home, uh, my wife's kind of like, "Hey, like, calm down!" And I'm like, "No, like, you know, I, I was getting fired up, jumping around, yelling at the TV." And <laughs> and uh, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of emotion uh, connected to that game. Uh, I can only imagine what it was like in the stadium. I'm sure that place was rocking. Uh, I did see a promo um, where they did kind of a, a flashback and a montage to the uh, to the '96 team against A and M, and just when I when I was watching that, uh, to place it is really hard because I know people talk about it, but as you watch the game and you hear uh, Brent Musburger and uh, I forget who else was with him, but you could. You could feel and you could sense the emotion in that stadium as every play went off in the battle. And I mean, and it was just electric. And I don't think people fully grasp that concept when you talk about Bell um, Edwards Stadium. I mean, when that's a full house and I mean, it's it's a it's a great venue and one of the one of the best in the country to to play a football game.
1: Former BYU linebacker standout, Shea Muirbrook is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Hard to believe this is the 25th year anniversary of that outstanding 1996 BYU football team that, of course, won the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day of 97. When you look back on that team, I think 25 years, what emotions come to mind, Shay?
3: Um, Obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm flooded with a lot. Uh, those were my brothers. I, I think... Probably the biggest thing I think about and the the takeaway from that team is, um, you give us Washington on a neutral field and I, I put money, I put my house on we win that game. (laughs) Um, I think that's the only thing, um, that was the only kind of Nick in that season, uh, we were a stacked and loaded team across the board. There wasn't a weak link as far as players, special teams. I mean, we had, we were, we were stacked. And uh, obviously, you know, we're going to make the case that, you know, we feel like we were the best team that ever came out of BYU. And, uh, and that's no disrespect to obviously the national championship team or, or anyone else. Uh, But we were, we were a good solid team. And I, and I, I think the thing that, um needs to be stated about the 96 team is that team had grit i mean there was a lot of moxie and there's there was a lot of people that that played intense uh we were not any pushover or i mean we could play physical we could play finesse we could D you up i mean there there we went down to texas we played uh you know i mean obviously <laughs> A&M, you know, I remember them coming up and we were up there at Sundance. We did some little thing pregame and just to see him kind of sizing us up and not giving us the respect we deserved. And it was just like, yeah, I can't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> and then, uh, and then to look across the line in fourth quarter and see him gassed out and just know that we got you. We're going to win this game. Um, and, and like I said, so that, that was kind of the character and the resolve of that 96 team. and, Um, again, it's no slight on anyone else, but that was a a unique, um, chemistry, uh, that we had and obviously the coaches, Lavelle, it was just, uh, it was extremely storied and, um, nostalgic. I, I can't say enough about my teammates and how hard we worked that summer, uh, preparing for that season.
0: We've talked to members of that team and we've talked to you even five years ago about it, but it feels like after ninety five when this I think it's an eighteen year bowl streak ends or something, you guys are the team that ends the bowl streak. You guys go into the off season with this resolve like you talked about and then it's not like you had a cupcake schedule. You're all of a sudden playing Texas A and M, like before the students are even on campus. You end up playing a Wyoming team that wins ten games and doesn't even go to a bowl game. You go to, uh, you know, in the modern New Year's Six, just the second uh, New Year Six game, if you will. Although at the time it was different, Alliance Bowl, you weren't in. Blah blah blah. You guys played this tough schedule and you played fifteen games. It was Ohio State a couple of years ago, the first team to finally touch what you guys did. So when, when did this team come together? how and when did you know hey we're actually pretty good here well
3: i I think um I think us underclassmen of the ninety five team knew what we had, uh but it was kind of one of those things where we didn't necessarily want to take ownership of it because you know I mean it wasn't um going the way we we wanted it, and so at that point, and obviously after losing to Utah, uh, our junior year. And then, like you said, uh, not making bowls and just, it was just kind of, um, it was a loose, it was a loose outfit, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, We were not dialed in and as tight as we could be. Uh, we let a few games, uh, slip out of our hands. And there was a lot of team members that, obviously wanted to go on and, and continue playing football and a lot of us knew that we really needed to get uh some national spotlight on the team in, in order to you know and enhance our opportunities and uh to move on uh but more importantly it was the resolve of the team that we we felt like we were one of the best teams in the country and it it wasn't just a it wasn't just a saying it wasn't just like hey you know no we really really felt like anyone anywhere anytime let's do it and uh like i said with the exception of washington which anyone who's ever played on that field knows that there's a it's like playing on ice i mean if you don't have the right gear for that field uh, it's 100% a hundred percent a home field advantage, and clearly, you know, we spotted them fourteen points out the gate. But it, um, I think, between myself, Sartesian, Chad Lewis, and uh, Tim McTire, it, it was kind of the the perfect blend. You know, what I mean, of the the four captains that really was able to sew and. And bring everything together under Lavelle. I mean, it was it was the best of you know the four corners. I mean, it just it really solidified the team as far as um, kind of us being the ambassadors to um, each one of the you know the diversities of the team. Uh, we all came from different backgrounds, and but we we definitely all had a chip on our shoulder and and had something to prove.
1: The 96 team is going to be honored tomorrow during the BYU-Arizona State game. Eighth ranked matchup of teams ever in the history of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Hard to believe it's that few, but it's a very rare circumstance. Your former teammate Tim McTyre, after BYU's first two wins this season, said, this kind of reminds me of the 96 team. Got big bowl game aspirations. There's just this belief that they're going to win every game that they play. So, Shay, are you in agreement with your former teammate Tim that there are some similarities about this year's team after a 2-0 start, or is it too early to tell?
3: No, I, I would say I would agree with Tim on that point. What I see um, from this team is I do see a resolve, and I see a resilience, uh, a toughness that, hey, we're, I mean, they have a lot of pieces. They got a lot of talent across the board. There's That's no secret. Um, but what I see um, is – And it's, it's funny because I help with, you know, football and coaching and, and you try to instill that in your players, but you have to have that ability to win games. Uh, Games are going to be close. And there's certain things you do in the course of those games that ultimately decide the outcome of it. And when I look at this team, it's very polished. There's, they don't make mistakes. They don't hurt themselves uh, they don't turn the ball over they don't uh jump off sides they don't do things that ultimately kill drives and momentum and hand the uh hand the game over to the other team so on in that regard i, I believe uh 100 in, in tim's statement and i think that um absolutely why why can't be you run the table Why i mean i don't see any reason i don't see anyone out there that's just overwhelming uh there's not a, a talent disparity and um obviously we're we're playing at home they yeah uh 100 this team can run the board I, I will say there is that pitfall that we fell into in 96 with Washington is you're riding high you're coming off some emotional I know this Utah game is was a huge huge emotional win for BYU and now and I would just caution the team that that's that will be a pitfall. Um, and it's going to be hard to get as high as you were last week, uh, for your rival, uh, this week. Um, but great teams find a way to do that. And, and I think that, um, the coaching and, um, you know, Kalani has, uh, and in that regard, um, you know, he, I, when he ran down the sidelines and caught that pass, I mean that was that's just something that gets guys jacked like when you play for a coach like that it's like let's go like let's do it like and and so in that regard I I feel like um they have a great chance to to run the table uh, uh, emotion is huge in football and you you cannot play and succeed in this game if you don't have emotion
1: Yeah, and it's worth noting that uh, your teammate Tim McTyre also said BYU has a coach that they love, so it's a valid point you bring up. They were juiced about that. Shea, we're juiced to always talk with you, a man who uh, we're pretty sure is going to hold the most sacks in a game record for the rest of history with seven. It's great to talk to you, my friend. Thanks so much.
3: It's an honor to have you, or excuse me, to be on your show, and and, uh, anytime I can help out or comment on BYU and how great they are. I'm happy
1: to do it. I'd love to hear it. Thanks, Shay.
0: All right. We'll see you guys. Thank you.
1: Shay Muirbrook with us on BYU Sports Nation, an all timer at linebacker.
0: When I was 13, maybe even 12, I think it might have been after that Utah game in, in 95, maybe a game after 96. I don't know why I'd be on the field. Uh, at Utah, I was on the field after being won by yeah. 20. Um, I remember going up and seeing his arm. And I kid you not, it's like three times the size of my arm now. It was like the size of my thigh currently. Like, just jacked. And it, he had, it. I can't remember the tattoo he had, but it was awesome. Like a
1: barbed wire thing? Yeah. Yeah, like a coil thing? Yes. Yes. yes.
0: Uh-huh. And I just thought, this guy is such a bad dude. Yes. I love this guy. Yeah. So it's fun to talk to Shay. Oh, man. Especially after, like we talked about, uh, you know, in the field in Vegas. You were at that game, too.
1: Yes, I was. Fantastic. He brings up a valid point, though. Beware of the pitfall.
0: Yeah, this this is that game. This is that game. This is is the
2: Washington game. Yeah, let's go. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Confidence and
1: concern. For many BYU fans, as the Cougars approach number 19 Arizona State tomorrow night in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the Sun Devils are a four-point favorite, but if you look at ESPN's Football Power Index, BYU has a 53% chance of winning. What I'm gathering from this, Jerem, is it's a toss-up. And toss-ups typically make me feel a little bit of confidence and certainly some concern. So let's get specific with that. Through two games... What makes you feel confident about BYU's chances against Arizona State? And what makes you uh, have a little bit of uh, concern? Confidence
0: is BYU's won and overcome some things. There's confidence in the validation of being invited to the Big 12 and accepting that. There's confidence in breaking a streak that goes back to 09 with uh, the Utah uh, you know, game. Uh, also, not turning the ball over yet yes, ball is security. a big one. Jaron Hall has taken care of the pill uh, Greg Rebell keenly observed in the postgame and on Coordinator's Corner, as seen on the BYUtv app, uh, that BYU for the first time since 72 has three games in a row, including the bowl game in the first two, not turned the ball over. Yep, uh, The juice around the program is good. I think BYU's got a lot of skilled players, obviously a lot of returning starters, someone to the NFL, but there's a lot of good players coming back. I think BYU is ready for this. BYU can get up for this. Obviously, it's not going to be the same emotional energy, so that's concern is hey, you're not invited to the Big 12 this week. It's not Utah. There's not a streak, right? In fact, BYU's won the last two against Arizona State, but it's been a minute. You have to go back to 97 and 98. So that that's a concern. Jaden Daniels is a concern. BYU's huh. not going to play a quarterback who has a better dual threat ability than him this year. Jaden Daniels is a gifted runner. 8.7 yards per carry right now. He's only lost 11 yards total, meaning he was probably sacked, what, once or twice? Again,
1: he's played Southern Utah on UNLV.
0: Yes, but... You go back to it he he was just okay last year, his freshman year he was really dynamic, yeah, kind of slight, he looks like a receiver um but his his ability to throw the ball is is born of effective running, not only from him but a trio of running backs around him right now, Arizona state's throwing for one eighty seven a game in the first two games. that means that the run game is where it all starts, okay that has me concerned because. If if uh, Arizona State's getting into th- third and four or less, it's going to be tough. Yep, You always got to be really effective in stopping the run on first and second down.
1: Yep, for, Number one for me is what you brought up, ball security. Jaron Hall has accounted for five touchdowns and zero turnovers. No interceptions, no fumbles. BYU has won the turnover battle in both of the games they played this far, plus one against Arizona, plus two against Utah. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting that the last time BYU beat Utah – The Cougars did not turn the ball over in 2009. They didn't turn over last week. You win the game by nine. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah, ball security is huge. Also, we aren't really much talking about the fact that BYU has won 11 games in a row at home. 11 straight wins at home. I'm confident because BYU has this game at home. If BYU were going to Tempe, it would feel exactly like the 1996 scenario where BYU started 2-0. They're ranked. The juice is high. And you go on the road, Pac-12 opponent, good team, and you kind of lay an egg. BYU's got this game at home. We talked a lot about the seven Power Fives, and I know you've heard this ad nauseum For me. I wasn't as concerned about the number of Power Fives because of the timing and location of most of these games. BYU's got Arizona State at home. They've won 11 in a row in a little Lavelle Rich Stadium. It's going to be a wideout. It's going to be electric. And listen to me. I'm pleading with you, BYU fans, if you do have tickets to the game, try and channel whatever energy you have in your body to at least get close to what BYU fans brought to LES last week because it was special, and it absolutely made an impact. And then I like BYU's physicality. They have dominated Arizona in the trenches. They dominated Utah in the trenches. I think BYU has an advantage on the offensive and defensive lines with their size and physicality. They're going to have to establish a run game with Tyler Algier. I'm confident they will do that. If they can do that, it will alleviate one of my concerns, which is keeping the ball out of Arizona State's offense's hands, specifically Jaden Dennis. Yes. If he can't get on the field and BYU could dominate time of possession, then that, that resolves or at least, again, alleviates a little bit of the concern I have there.
0: Yes, I have a concern about Arizona State's speed. Oh, uh, yeah, When, when Herm sure. Edwards brought in Antonio Pierce and all this, these, these NFL guys, they're trying to make run an NFL program in college. I know a lot of people have said they want to do this. But I think Arizona State, now in year five under Herm Edwards, has really established that culture, and this will be their best team. Will they be an 8-win team? Will they be a 10-win team? I don't know. But if they're an 8-win team and BYU wins this game, that's a notable win. It's tough to beat teams that win 8-plus that are Power 5. That, the, like It doesn't happen a ton for BYU. If BYU wins that game, typically it's because that team was like uh, seven or fewer wins. But I think Utah's going to be an 8-plus win team. I think Arizona State is, too. Oh, you do? Yeah, at, at least 8 they feel like they're going to contend for the Pac-12 and South I'm just, title.
1: I'm just letting that classic <laughs> run of seven and six teams, six and seven. Yes, Arizona State was eight and five in 2019. That's yep. the best season they've had in the last seven years. By yes. the way, eight and, and that five. was
0: with a freshman, Jaden Daniels. So they expect now with him a junior or go nine or, a or, or more. Yes, yes. So I'm concerned about the speed of Arizona State. Just
1: pencil Arizona State into the Sun Bowl, Jaron, because that's what they do when Sun, they have a Devil good Bowl. team, yeah, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. I mean, the speed is always a concern. I feel much better about the fact that this game is in Provo uh, following the emotional win in Provo over Utah. Bring the juice, fans.
0: Beware the letdown. I know it's a ranked team. Bring the juice. But, like,
1: it's not Utah.
0: It's not Big 12 week. Like, you always got to bring it. The fans got to bring it. It's a wide out. Wear white.
1: There's a ton on the line. Whether you want to feel strongly about that, there's a lot on the line
2: for both of these. Yes, there is. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now over Zoom, a man
1: who seemingly only calls BYU games lately. Rod Gilmore of ESPN is with us. Rod, uh, we got a nice warm spot in Studio B for you to come hang out with us. We're working on the permanent residency in Provo.
4: I, I am this close, this close to taking up residency there, man. its <laughs> I, I really think we should just come on the air on Saturday night just in BYU swag. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That would be if, hilarious. If, 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 if I had it, I'd wear some swag on the air and just go with it, you know?
0: <laughs> All those ASU fans are like,
4: what's going on?
0: Um, tell tell
4: us about. Listen, your... they probably already feel that way. Anyhow, they've seen us for a couple of weeks, calling BYU games.
0: <laughs> They're like, yeah, the BYU homers. We thought we were the BYU homers. Wait a minute. Okay, so you've <laughs> seen BYU the first two weeks, you and Dave Fleming. What are your thoughts on the Cougars as they go from kind of post Zach Wilson era to two and zero and ranked twenty third right now?
4: Well, I, I you know I, I'm a little bit surprised at how easily they have uh, transitioned. Uh, to Jaron Hall. And uh, quite honestly, I'm surprised at the changes defensively to um, Toyaki has, you know, sort of changed his stripes a little bit this year. He's been way more aggressive on first and second down, which hasn't been his DNA. You know, the, the, the book on, on BYU defensively has always been, yeah, you know, they're not crazy about man coverage they're not crazy about blitzing. they like a lot of drop eight. Um, well, he's sort of uh, you know, recognize what a lot of, you know, good coaches do. It says, you've got to switch it up some. And so uh, they were not known for going after the quarterback on first and second down. And he's mixed that up. And I think it's really uh, surprised uh, the first two opponents and, you know, they played well on the back end. And then look, um, Jaron Hall has become a star. You know, I I don't think there's any other way to, to put it. he has, you know, elevated himself into uh, the discussion about NFL prospects, uh, where he fits on the quarterback chart. And here's the other thing. He has gone from being an unknown entity to being on the top 25 list of college players for name, image, and likeness. He is now number 11. Wow. So in two weeks, he has made a name for himself. People are noticing him. And he's a really good football player.
1: Rod Gilmore of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Speaking of Jaron Hall and all of his teammates, it's so easy to get lost in the big win hangover after you snap the nine game losing streak to your arch nemesis. You beat Utah for the first time in 12 years. A lot of people are almost anticipating just that natural letdown and the hangover to continue. Maybe BYU doesn't show up. How do the Cougars avoid what so many teams fall into in terms of that trap?
4: Well, I I don't know how you can have a letdown facing Arizona State. (laughs) Uh, They they get your attention. I I think if there's any kind of a concern about a letdown, it might be the following week when you get South Florida. But with Arizona State coming in, with Jalen Daniels, the quarterback, with Herm Edwards, the team that, a lot of the experts in the off season have said this is your winner in the Pac-12 South uh, with a shot, you know, at um, at winning the Pac-12 conference. Um, I I don't see a letdown if BYU doesn't play well. It won't be because you know they didn't take Arizona State seriously. Um, this is an opportunity for BYU to to really make some noise. I, I don't know if you've noticed the the chatter this week, but. I can guarantee you this game is getting a lot of attention. It's getting a lot of attention on ESPN. It's going to get a lot of attention on game day. Uh, it's an opportunity for BYU to shoot up the, um, uh, the rankings. Uh, if they have a win, any kind of way, uh, a win over Arizona State, uh, they won't be ranked uh, low 20s anymore. They'll, they'll shoot up because that will be as impressive a start as almost anyone in the country.
1: Rod, if BYU, beats Arizona, BYU State, beats Arizona State and they open up the season with three wins against Pac-12 South teams, can we label them as the Pac-12 South favorite at that juncture?
4: <laughs> Makes you wonder why they didn't get an invite <laughs> to the Pac-12, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, if I'm not mistaken, they still have USC on the, on the schedule. Indeed, final uh, regular and, season game. Yeah, and uh, Washington State. So, you know, win those two. And you can stake a claim to being the champ of the Pac-12 South <laughs> okay. and petition the conference to let you play, I guess, Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game.
0: <laughs> that would be fun. But we're, get, we're,
2: getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Because yes, yes this,
4: we are. Yes. This, this, this Arizona State team is as good as advertised. Now, they haven't played well the first two weeks. You know, they were not pushed by the competition. You know, they didn't put UNLV away until they got late third, early fourth quarter. Um, But they've got, what, 20 starters back. Uh, They are very difficult on the back end. Uh, They've got experienced players. Uh, They've got pass rushers up front. They've got great speed on defense. Uh, They've got three running backs Uh, right off the bat right now. You know, two of them are considered serious prospects for the NFL. Uh, Rashad White might be one of the you know, three or four uh, first bats taken in the drafts. So they're pretty loaded. And, and there is a, a fair comparison between quarterback Jaden Daniels and Jaron Hall. I mean, they both can beat you with making the right spontaneous play when to run. Uh, they have similar accuracy. Um, it, it's, it's really a good matchup of quarterbacks one thing Arizona State I think is struggling with is to find you know receivers that got great talented young receivers but you know that one guy or those two guys that you can count on you know consistently I don't think that's happened yet so I think they're a little concerned about their passing attack um, but those guys are really talented and you know they could grow up on Saturday night.
0: 267 rushing per game through the first two against SUU and UNLV, throwing for 187 a game. So Arizona State likes to establish the run. Obviously, Jaden Daniels, dynamic runner, leading rusher last year, two years ago, this year. If you're BYU, do you, do you have to spy him? Do you load up on the run on first and second down and hope to make them throw on third? What's, what's the strategy in your mind?
4: Well, the first question is, do you have a guy who can spy him? <laughs> right. That, 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 that's the problem. You know, you can put a guy and say, hey, spy him, but Jaden Daniels may be a better athlete and, and may not, uh, you know, care who your spy is. Um, that, that's that's a problem. I think the, the the goal, if I were thinking defensively how to defend him, is you want to keep him in the pocket. Uh, you want to make him throw from the pocket, not on the run. I, listen, he's great from the pocket, but he's he's really dynamic on the move. So you want to keep him in the pocket. You don't want him on the edge making plays. And you have to be concerned about the quarterback run run game because they, they use him in the run game uh, an awful lot. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that the approach is you want to, uh, you know, sort of hurt them on first down uh, run blitzes, get them into second and 10, uh, second and nine um, and make it a little bit more difficult for them. But if they if they can run the ball on first down and get you get into second and six, second and five, you know, you're at their mercy. So you really have to win first down against them. Uh, that, I think, would be the pro the approach. Um, there's going to be a great matchup up front uh, with their offensive line, particularly their center, Donovan West uh, and Mahe, and see what, uh, what goes on up there. I think that's going to be a real key. So, you know, it's a difficult plan, man. This, this is going to be a, a real, real tough, big-time game.
1: Rod Gimler of ESPN is going to call the Arizona State <clears throat> at BYU game. Excuse me, Rod. It's an emotional thing. It's been an emotional season. <laughs> BYU's in the Big 12. They're 2-0. They're ranked. They've got Arizona State coming to town for a ranked matchup. Doesn't happen often in Provo. Rod, with all that in mind, Arizona State is a four-point favorite. But where do the Cougars have an advantage? So I'm asking for the Cougar fans. like, Why should they feel okay about pulling another upset against a ranked team? Where do they have the advantage?
4: Well, I think the advantage is that, you know, the last two games, we've seen BYU very, very consistently good on defense, very consistent. You know, they, they took apart a, a really sound uh, Utah rushing attack. And so I feel pretty good about BYU's ability to handle Arizona State's running game. Uh, and if they can do that and force the young receivers uh, to step up and find a way to beat them, um, I, I think that's the advantage. Right now, we know after two weeks of watching this defense play, I'd be stunned if the BYU defense did not play well. You know, I expect them to play well after what we've seen. I think that's that's their DNA right now. So I think you know what you're going to get from them on that side of the ball. And the other thing is, you know that Jaron Hall is going to take care of the football. You know, he he's he doesn't make silly mistakes. Uh, he knows when to take a chance. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think those two factors should make you feel pretty good going into the game. Um but that doesn't mean that you know uh this this is a this is an easy one because this is a loaded, loaded Arizona State team. It's as fast as any team BYU will see uh this season, without question.
1: We're looking forward to it. Uh we wish you safe travels to Provo Rod to take uh or to get ready to call the game between Arizona State and BYU. And just so you know, if you need help with the real estate agent in Provo, we know a few people. So just keep See, us updated. You know, I should,
4: I should already be there. I should not have left Provo after last week. I should have just, <laughs> you know, stayed there for the week.
1: <laughs> hey, we're looking forward to having you back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Thanks, my friend.
4: Look me. All right, thanks. Take care, guys. You
1: got it. Rod Gilmore of ESPN. Going to call the game. All he does is talk BYU football these they're, days. They're gaming around, Maybe man. we should really get him some BYU swag or some BYU Sports Nation swag. Hey,
0: we got Roxy Bernstein something. Yes, we did. Behind the EU's both teams, the St. Mary's game run. Right? That was fun. Yeah. yeah. A little BYU Sports Nation. So when
1: Rod does those Zoom interviews, you can throw up his uh,
0: BYU swag. Let's give Rod a shirt. So. Okay.
2: This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday.
1: Joining us now over Zoom is our longtime friend and ESPN College Football Insider Expert Analyst, National Champion Trevor Maddich. Trevor, like I said to everybody else, happy Monday. How was the best weekend
5: ever as a BYU guy? You know, it was awesome. I'm just thinking about the poor people who were out enjoying the great outdoors over the weekend who went off grid, they were camping and then they came back and the entire, you know, BYU fandom was going nuts. They're going, well, why, what what, what happened? I was sitting by a creek playing my guitar, eating freeze dried chili. Right. Those are the (laughs) guys I feel bad for because this was a monumental momentous weekend for BYU. And you said greatest ever. It's up there with the greatest ever
0: freeze dried. Chili. I'm, I'm not sure I've tried that or will try that, uh, but we'll get into that yeah, later. Sure um, BYU beats Utah. Ah, Trevor. Ah, this was so long coming. Here's BYU finally taking down Utah. And BYU won this game, Trevor. This wasn't a trick play, random. What a, BYU physically won this game on both lines, rushed for 200-plus. Jaron Hall was incredible with his decision-making. Yes, his passing can get better, but BYU's 2-0 in rank now after this win.
5: They are, And you're right. They just played smash-mouth football against the most physical team in the Pac-12, and they beat them at smash-mouth football. It's interesting. Utah coach Kyle Whittingham said after the game that he would have bet the house that BYU would not win the line of scrimmage, but BYU did win the line of scrimmage on both sides. And coming into this game, I knew that Utah had one of the better combinations – of offensive line and defensive front seven, linebackers and defensive linemen and offensive line. That combination, one of the better groups in the country, and BYU would have to just be physical. They just have to hit Utah in the mouth, take the hits that Utah would deliver, taste their own blood in their mouth, spit their teeth on the ground, line up, and hit them again to have any kind of a chance because you cannot finesse a team like Utah. They will smash you. And that's how BYU played. On both sides of the ball, they controlled the line of scrimmage against a very, very physical team. And I'll tell you what, that was the thing that made me the happiest in this game.
1: Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. What does a win like BYU had over Utah, other than get them into the top 25 and number 23, mean for this program and how the nation is perceiving them right now?
5: Well, the way they're perceived right now is that they're still on the rise. I mean, the nation loves BYU football anyway, in general. Last year was Zach Wilson. There was so much fun about BYU, especially when they were the only team west of the Rockies, uh, that maybe in west of Mississippi for a while, that was playing football. And so a lot of people looked at last year and said, yeah, BYU, let's reconnect with that. And all of a sudden now, 2-0, not against two non-Power 5 teams like they had to do last year, but against two Power 5 teams one of them ranked Utah, and that 2-0 and means a whole lot more. So now people are looking at BYU in a different light. Instead of, hey, these guys are really fun, and they could beat anybody on any given weekend, they're thinking, hey, BYU, this team is, is legit. And now they have to continue on to keep winning in order to maintain that. But at the same time, you can sense a shift in the expectations nationally that people have of this program from a lot of fun to watch to really got to take them seriously.
0: And now let's see where it goes. Arizona State's going to be a tough game. We'll talk about that in a second. But Ryan Wasillo, who uh, we're big fans of, I know you know him well from his ESPN days, now with the Ringer, tweeted, Jaron Hall, most athletic player BYU since
5: Trevor Madich? You know, there's a lot of debate about that. <laughs> and I think I would give him the edge, but not much. If you haven't seen me do my three-cone drill and my vertical jump, then don't judge yet. And don't just assume. Jaron Hall was fantastic. His numbers weren't great. But his job isn't to go out there and put up great numbers. His job is to go out there and manage the assets around him. His assets include his own ability to run and make plays off schedule.
2: The best of
5: BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on
2: BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Tim McTire star for BYU football, part of that 96
1: special season. Part of that Fan Fest in Vegas. Yes, he was. Tweeted out the following yesterday, Jerem, and I quote, Why I think this year's BYU team has shades of 96. There appears to be a goal. They have a coach they love, the we-can't-lose element, which makes every game a championship, rivalry, or a big game. The feeling of something to prove And Big Bull Aspirations. Win and we in. Hashtag BYU. End quote of the tweet. Jerem, is it too early to get that special season feel like Tim McTire?
0: Beating Utah in and of itself after that streak makes the season and that win, more specifically, special. But yes, it is too early. It's too early. Uh, There have been 2-0 starts uh, for BYU. 2-0 is not crazy. But 2-0 versus Power 5 is pretty special. In mm-hmm. fact, a little juicy stat of the day right now. Mm.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Yeah, the last
0: time BYU started 2-0 versus two Power 5 teams was
1: 1984. Oh, snap! What? What? BYU is going to the ship!
0: No, that's not happening.
1: BYU do. beat Pittsburgh um, and Baylor yeah. in 1984. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the...
0: So, uh, back then, there weren't the power distinctions and the, whatever. But, uh, kind of interesting. It's it's too early. If BYU goes 3-0 and wins Ooh, Saturday...
1: Okay, now we're talking. I think
0: we can start the conversation yep. because yep. You, we expect then BYU to beat South Florida and yes. Utah State. And at 5-0, and the possibilities get interesting. Now, looking at the whole season, playing seven power fives. That's going to be tougher. I still have BYU for multiple losses.
1: Seven power fives, I, yeah. but you've already beaten three if be you get good. past Arizona State. That,
0: that means you're going hopefully five and two at least in those seven, right? Listen, USC, I know they got crushed by a freshman quarterback, return missionary Tanner McKee. They got a new coach. And got a new coach. That's still going to be a tough game. Sure. I know you guys talked about that yesterday. Um, Washington State, that feels winnable after Utah State went up there and did it right. Virginia's playing much better than I anticipated. Uh, their quarterback, what's Brendan, Brandon Armstrong? Throwing the ball all, He's all over He's chucking it around. All, yeah, Robert and I's got him going.
1: Granted, they have 21st-ranked North Carolina this week to open up ACC play, and Virginia is an eight-point dog. Now, if Virginia beats North Carolina, they might be for real.
0: Right. Right. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a weird emotional game anyway with Bronco and all those guys across the sidelines. So. Listen, I've still got BYU for multiple losses this year. I think that could. I still. I think nine wins feels pretty doable. Like if BYU were able to get ten on this, oh man, ten would be incredible. And then then we'd really feel like, oh my gosh, BYU's ready for the Big Twelve. Playing seven Power Fives. Some are tougher than others, right? Obviously, the Big Twelve slate's going to be tougher than what BYU's facing this year. I think, but it's a little early for the special season feel. It's early.
1: Isn't it funny, though, how if one win against Arizona State happens, then as you said, maybe it's okay to start feeling like it will be a special season.
0: And I don't think it's funny. It's very serious.
1: One more game. Because if BYU beats Arizona State, as we have mentioned earlier this week, then the Cougars will start back-to-back seasons Mm 3-0 for the first time in 70 years. I can't believe that never happened in the Lavelle Edwards era.
0: Yeah, yeah, once you well, you end up playing tough teams early, right? And, and
1: BYU is going to potentially beat three power fives in a row to make it happen for the first and, time in 70 years.
0: And two ranked teams that's the thing like, two ranked teams. Th- this would be crazy. And if Arizona State is the new UCLA to you,
1: which w- which they well, kind of are to me right now,
0: yes, let's see. Well, UCLA is. Doing their thing. UCLA right? might actually be good.
1: <laughs> they might actually be good. We'll
0: see. It's again it's early. It's so early. Like what BYU's done has been awesome. But it's early. We won't know if it's really special until November. We won't really know that, right? Hard not what to if you feel was, that way though right, early. Right. No, this is what we do. We felt this way in twenty fifteen. Hail Mary, Hail Mary, close loss to UCLA. Go to Michigan and get smacked, and then it was like, Oh, okay. Then it was like, oh, I guess we got lucky, actually. It but
1: don't fun. you feel like this I team don't feel like
0: BYU's lucky. is
1: in a much better position than 2015 was? Yes. Based on the 2 Hail Mary's like, yeah. BYU won I, I, their first game. won them.
0: I'm not specifically talking about the 2015 sure. personnel. Just the feeling, the feeling after 2 yeah. okay. and Okay, That's what I'm referring
1: to. Sure. Beat Arizona State. You go 3 and O, and then the schedule lightens up a little bit. Then BYU is going to roll USF. In the vengeance for 2019 the game Jaren in Hall Tampa, yep. okay, yep. yep. Jaron Hall, I hope still Baylor remembers that.
0: comes in at the end in a blowout.
1: Yes, <laughs> both quarterbacks are going to play yeah. because it's going to yeah. be a blowout. You're four and zero. Handle your business in Logan Utah, Utah State. State. If BYU's five and zero with three Power Five wins going into Boise State, well, they legitimately.
0: State coming here.
1: They legitimately might be a top ten team. Think about Maybe. that. Yeah, you're five and zero with three Power Five wins and two ranked wins.
0: If not, in BYU is on the
1: cusp of yeah. the top ten. So yeah, it starts to feel like a special season. But they, yes. it all begins on Saturday.
0: Yes, big game Saturday. Beats
1: win on Saturday, beat Keep Arizona winning. State, and then it gets really, really fun.
0: Keep winning. We know the men's uh, topic too. We know the men's basketball uh, schedule now, thanks to Nick Robinson. Do you feel like there are enough quality games to be tourney bound on this?
1: I think so because the majority of BYU's big games are on the road or on neutral basketball courts. And that matters Luckily, for basketball net rankings, right? They weren't. It'd be weird. San Diego State is at home. At worst, that game's probably tier two. But then BYU's going to have a tier one game against Oregon. They're going to have a tier one game, quad, quad one, quad one game against Utah because that's on the road. Uh, Creighton's going to be probably a top fifty team. That's a neutral site.
0: Oh, Creighton's yes, quad one for sure.
1: So right there, yeah. I mean, I- already there you have three quad ones in the non-conference schedule. I, I agree. Uh, there, there's enough. And then...
0: Add got two to three Gonzaga games and a St. Mary's, Mary's road game. And there's seven quad ones potentially.
1: San Francisco on the road could yeah. potentially be a quad one game. Like right. We're talking about right. at least, I think, eight to nine quad one opportunities. Yes.
0: Last year, BYU played eight. and uh, They're on yeah. par
1: to do the same thing this season.
0: And, and BYU went uh, three and five. That's all it takes. All you have to do is kind of win... Thirty-ish percent. You have to win one out of every three, basically. So quad two. I've got up to ten. Ooh. Utah State, St. Mary's at home, San Diego State, Missouri State. Again, seventy-six to one thirty-five on the road. True mm-hmm. road. Yep. Weber State, Vander, Vandy. Um, you know, Pacific, USF, LMU, um, Pepperdine. So yeah, hopefully the league's good enough to produce four quad twos, and uh, you go from there.
1: Yeah, eight quad ones is enough. Yes. You win three.
0: Yes. we A couple of years ago, we were like, <sighs> hopefully BYU gets like five. Eight would be awesome.
1: And they might have more depending on what happens in the West Coast Conference tournament.
0: Yes. And we haven't taken into account, well, I guess we did uh, with Vandy there possibly, right? Um, Diamond Head and who you're playing when. Sure. Not, if right. it's
1: top 100, Vandy would be a quad two game.
0: Yeah. And hopefully there will be variation. We're just looking at last year's numbers, right? Those don't necessarily mean that these teams will be that way. The, the fun thing, if we think BYU is good enough to be what we think BYU is good enough to be, which is in, at, Single least digit at, seed? at least an at-large attorney team, top 44, okay. then BYU is a quad one in almost every case for the opponent. Does that make sense? And that matters. So, so BYU is a team that want, people want to schedule. I don't know why people don't want to go on the road and play at BYU. That's a quad one, top 75. Mark Pope was saying we're doing three for one trading.
1: We'll, we'll play at your place three times and, and go one come
0: to the neutral Marriott center once or one neutral, right? Yeah, wow. crazy. I so yeah, totally, totally. This is a really good schedule, and that's what's fun about hoops is you're rewarded for the schedule. But now with BYU football in the Big Twelve, and I've yet to really address this. Trust me, we have two years. So I'll address plenty. Yeah, there will be time. This, my scheduling philosophy is just
1: there will be time
0: blown up. Um, then we talk non-conference scheduling philosophy of the ABC kind of Utah deal, which I agree with. So. Yeah, and and basketball is rewarded, and this is totally good enough. I'm very excited about the Oregon and Creighton games. Those are both neutral. Um, Oregon technically neutral. De facto
1: road games, but neutral. It's two
0: two hours away. Um, But, yeah, it could literally be down the street. If it's not in that other home gym, it's not. not, Like, playing Utah in uh, Vivint is neutral, but literally like uh, three miles up the hill is a road game. Right,
1: but if if BYU were to host Oregon – in Salt Lake City at Vivint, it's, it would sure feel like a de facto right. BYU home we're, game.
0: We're talking with quads.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not, Isn't it funny not, how that works? Not
0: the feeling in the gym. The technicalities. Palm, what's the feeling in the gym rating?
1: <laughs> uh, BYU basketball, we think, shaping up for potentially special season. Joe Leonardy of ESPN has the Cougars as the last bye in his projected tournament, a 12 seed.
0: That ain't no special season. <laughs> 12 ain't no special season.
1: Well, ask UCLA. They were an 11 seed, and they went to the final four. Just get in the tournament.
0: Well, winning is special, yes. Yeah. Yes, being a sixth seed is awesome. You have to win the game.
1: Five ranked teams on campus right now, including BYU football at number 23. There's a special feel in the air, Jerem.
0: Oh, it's always special at Brigham.
1: Our question of the day. Is it too early to get that special season feel about this year's BYU football team? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation.
2: This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Sports Bros on Twitter. Arizona was a cupcake.
1: Yikes, it didn't really uh, turn out to be a cupcake. It got a little weird at the end, but. Utah is always a weird game. Yep. The Arizona State game is what will tell us if this could be a special season. Mm. I'm withholding my emotions until then.
0: If only gets Utah and Arizona State, two of the top three teams we thought were the toughest games. <sighs> Pretty good.
1: They'll be 3-0 and in the Pac-12 South. And on their yes. way to a de facto Pac-12 we, South championship. We will.
0: If BYU wins all its Pac-12 games, we will hang a banner. Yes, as and, we should. And we will say, this is for you, Wilner, on it.
1: Brian Buss on Twitter says, way, way, way too early. Yeah. Just two games into the season with five power five games to play. Arizona State this Saturday. Virginia with Bronco. Baylor. Baylor's sneaky. Yep. All make me pause. You have the road game at Baylor yeah, after Boise yep. State. First real road challenge. I know you put that one at the toughest left. Yeah, FPI agrees with me. Toughest game for BYU left on the schedule, according to uh, win potential win percentage. Mm. USC is like right there in that area too. Plus, he adds Boise State. Doctor Bob Robert and I Mm -hmm. says it takes six games to figure a team out. You bring that up often. Let's wait until Boise State. Let's wait until at least the Baylor game.
0: Yeah, well, through Boise State would be six. So There you go.
2: The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation.
1: Saturday was indeed a special day for BYU football. Where do we begin? The atmosphere, energy, excitement, all palpable Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Utah felt like was venturing into a riled up hive Mm -hmm. at LES. A Um, Deseret, if you will. Yes, on the heels of that Big 12 invite, a win over Arizona, 11-1 in 2020 with Zach Wilson. Five NFL draft picks. The 20-year anniversary honoring so many heroes from uh, the 9-11 tragedy. Brand new video boards. The flyover by those crazy just Jerem, it was just a special, special night.
0: In hindsight, Utah was never going to win this game. BYU was going to win. There was H- too much going into this. And the place was juiced. It reminded me of the Gonzaga basketball game in 2020 if there was all that context around it, but just the game itself. Cougar Nation brought it, and I think the team really fed off that. Kalani Satake was not supposed to interact with any fans before the game, but he burst through a barrier and celebrates with the Rock right before he enters the stadium, and there was so much juice. Like I'm getting chills thinking about how much juice was in the building. I didn't get to the game until midway through the first quarter because there were 11 goals scored at the women's soccer game. So as soon as I get in there, it's just electric. The Rock was in there two hours before, packed. Uh, Like, when the white hairs stand up a bunch, you know it's one of those special games. No offense. Just the elderly. Yes. I've been here forever and paid for season tickets. The knitters, the radio, headfumpy. All of us, everybody, were on their feet, right, in the stands. I was in the press box just sitting there. But anyway, Incredible! It was, it was a special night, and that juice really gave the team, I think, what it needed to, get, to go win this game. If this game's played in an empty stadium, I still think BYU wins. But I think the fact that BYU wins by nine is extra meaningful because it's BYU's first two-score win over Utah since 96. It wasn't just a barely... You got it lucky something play which we would have taken. Yes. No, BYU won. It was a 2 score game.
1: win. They took it from yes. Utah. They dominated in the trenches. Let's quantify that. Never
0: trailed in the game. Never trailed. 4.8 yards per carry ran for 219 against Utah. That means so much. The BYU No trick my uncle texted me this morning. No trick plays in this. Didn't need to be weird. BYU just went nose up into Utah and won this game.
1: First turnover free rivalry game since how about this? Interesting. 2009, mm. the last time BYU beat Utah. Wow. It's a great step. And a Hall was starting at quarterback for the Cougars.
0: Great stat from Gregor Bell after the game of the postgame. He said, since he's been tracking everything in the modern era of BYU football, 72 on, Lavelle on, BYU didn't turn the ball over in the Boca Raton Bowl or the first two games this year. First time since 72, BYU has had three games in a row where it hasn't turned the ball over. That's incredible. That's been a massive key here.
1: BYU's thirteen and one overall in their last fourteen games, and eighteen and three over the last twenty-one games. That
0: one's crazy. I didn't believe it, and then we kind of walked through that. That was probably at two a.m. Uh, when we were talking about that one Saturday or Sunday morning. That's crazy.
1: Eighteen and three in the last twenty-one games. Four and one against the last five Power Five teams that BYU has played.
0: And there's no. It's not like uh, it was low lights. Just all Arizonas. It was Tennessee and USC and Utah.
1: Yeah, an 8-5 and five Tennessee team on the road. Although
0: USC got smacked by Tanner McKee, elder, uh, at Stanford. Wow.
1: What a weekend for BYU for college football in general. BYU is now a ranked team, number 23.
0: Yeah, how about that?
1: They jump into 23-19. the AP people. Yes, 20, we have a 23-19 <laughs> as BYU and Arizona State are due up this Saturday. But, Jeremy, I just... There were so many things. And by the way, BYU's won 11 games in a row at home at the yeah. Edwards Stadium, yeah. which just, sur- I think it's number four, number five all time for the longest home win streak. They've got a lot of Everything, good things happening. Everything's
0: great right now. Like literally, it's the Lego movie. Everything's awesome.
1: Jaron Hall with a breakout performance. Yes. Not because he threw the ball over the field, but as we discussed right after the game, his legs. We're dynamite.
0: So good to me. That's the difference in the game, Spencer. His ability in third and one. Fourth and eleven. BYU this run to right go here for it on
1: fourth and eleven from the thirty-eight yard line. And they get a first down.
0: Eight rushes, ninety two yards, eleven and a half a carry. I don't think he was sacked once. He danced in the pocket. I don't know if he was a dancer as a kid, but he is a dancer as an adult. He is dancing in the pocket very successfully, making great decisions. We're seeing his development before our eyes, and this has been a long time coming for him. Remember, this is his fourth year in the program. He watched Zach Wilson for three years. He sat there. He even started a couple of games. We've chronicled it. Jared Hall's a baller, dude. He has come out and been awesome. He's got five touchdowns and no giveaways.
1: Five touchdowns, no giveaways.
0: Yes, he's got to complete more passes, 18 of 30. He was playing Utah. Like, Utah's a good secondary. They're always good. He started the game out rough, like Arizona, but he settled in. BYU's got a chance to have a really nice season this year because it's got a good defense, which uh, set 16 point. What was it, 16 or 19 points allowed in the first one? 17 points in this one. Sub 400 yards again. Got a takeaway, in this case, two. Great things are
1: happening. Dominated the time of possession mm-hmm. against Utah.
0: Aaron Roderick's play calling, analyzed Tuiaki's timing of blitzes. Spectacular on Saturday.
1: Jaron Hall was about three millimeters away from having 140-ish rush yards. Oh. But I got called out. But it's okay yeah. because you look back on it and you think, all right, if he had scored, does that give Utah too much time to come back and try and score yes. another touchdown and make it worse? Yes. BYU proceeds to run four additional minutes off the clock after he's ruled out of bounds and that touchdown was called back. They kick a field goal. But when BYU made that field goal and Jake Older had knocked it through, yes. did it not feel like, okay, BYU just won the game?
0: Yes, it felt like that. It really felt like that when uh, Charlie Brewer airmailed uh, one to Britton Covey on fourth and two.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. I
0: was like... It's over now.
1: Advantage Jaron Hall in the quarterback battle. How about that? The sophomore getting it done against the kid that transferred over from Baylor.
0: Charlie Brewer doesn't do it again against Big 12 competition. Hey. That that was was blatant.
1: Oh, snap. (laughs) I had a chance to speak with Jaron Hall after the game. Yeah, you did. In the moment of a celebration. Uh, People literally were being boxed out so that we could do the interview. Thank you, Junior (laughs) Phillips, for uh, stepping in on that. And I asked this question simply how would you explain your emotions in this moment
6: It's surreal man it, I mean I think we had confidence in what happened but actually experiencing you know all the talk of the last 9 years you know all this and that it's surreal and I'm just I'm just proud of my guys man proud to be a part of this team and this fan base Let's walk back to that last drive 2317 the pressure's on you know you need something special what was going through your mind as that drive began? Just keep it simple, you know, stick to the fundamentals. We practice all week, execute our base plays, and each and every one of the 11 guys did that. So, you know, kudos to each and every one of my teammates, man. They, they stepped up big time. At what point did you figure out that your feet were going to be the main weapon? I mean, I, I mean, I always know the feet are working, you know what I mean? I don't like to use them very much, but when you got to do it, you got to do it, you know, so just happened to, to, to work out tonight. You said you felt slow last week against Arizona. Did you feel slow tonight? Uh, No, no, no. I just got to stay in bounds now. That's all. As you take in the fans around you, let's talk about the atmosphere throughout the night. Could you feel it? Did you hear it? The energy was not stopped beginning to the end, you know, so we really used that to our advantage, channeled it, but then we got on the field, just tried to execute and play football as it is. At what point in this game did you feel like we're going to win? from the very first kickoff, man. The energy, the trust in each other, you know I knew we would and hope we would and you know. Here we are.
1: Yes, indeed. Here we are. BYU victorious against Utah for the first time since 2009. He
0: just did something and this team, of course, that Taysom Hill never did and Jamal Williams never did and Kyle Van Noy and and Fred Warner, you know what Zach I mean? Wilson Zach didn't Wilson did do. Wilson like, it. it it finally happened. I'm not trying to denigrate those guys. I'm just stating a fact. Like, this was an incredible moment. And uh, to end the straight, like, Utah has been way better than BYU. And, and on Saturday, BYU was way better than Utah. This is what happens in a rivalry. You trade blows. And it was great to see Puka Nakua, by the way, play when it was announced that catch by Puka Nakua. The whole crowd stood yes. up and clapped like, Puka, welcome to BYU. We're so glad you're
1: the here. The Nakua brothers. Yes, they brought
0: a some prominent Jews, role in this. Dude.
1: Samson Nakua is a vibe in and of himself.
0: Yes, he is. And when Samson and Puka on Samson's touchdown right here both took off their helmets. By the way, Puka nearly injures Mason Wake. Mason jumps. gets like taken out.
1: He didn't quite hurdle Puka, did he? They
0: missed the PAT, and it's like, oh, no, is that going to come back to buy BYU? It didn't, which, by the way, I tweeted during the game, that missed PAT, though. Jake Oldroyd after the game. My bad, Jerem. Oh, Jake. <laughs> he delivered the kick that mattered most. Yes, he sealed the win. He sealed To
1: make it 26-17. I have so many different thoughts running through my mind. Like, we could spend all week talking about all of the elements of this game. It, just, it mattered so much because now BYU gets to sit on this win, Jerem, until they face Utah again in 2024. As
0: a member of the Big 12 Conference.
1: Like this, is, this win was worth three years of bragging rights. Four and it was because the they didn't last, play last year, yes, if you will. The last opportunity, maybe, that Kalani would have had to beat Kyle Whittingham. How long is Who Kyle knows, Whittingham right?
0: going to beat Utah? It's been 746 days since Utah beat BYU. Just want to point that out.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. This one mattered a lot. BYU last chance as an independent to beat Utah. They did it. Yes. On the home field. BYU Streak Busters. They knock off Utah 26-17. And how about this little fun fact? The last time BYU beat Utah, they scored 26 points. And then they snapped the streak by scoring how many points on uh, last Saturday night, Jason? 26 points. That all makes sense. Okay. So, if BYU victorious over Utah, we looked at that game uh, preseason and thought, oh, man, that's probably the toughest game on the schedule. But now in retrospect, Jason... Has BYU played and won their toughest game on the schedule? Uh, I did not think it was the toughest game on the
7: schedule. I thought USC was the toughest game on the schedule. Mm. Here's how I would answer that. We don't know. You're not going to know after two weeks if you've played the toughest game on your schedule. You can look when the season starts and anticipate what you think may be BYU's toughest game or the easiest game. But you don't truly know until you look at the season as a whole because every game is going to take on a life of its own. By the time you get to a game, you may have circumstances that you cannot foresee. So I I just don't know if we can say that BYU's played its toughest game yet because, number one, I didn't think Utah was going to be the toughest team on on BYU's schedule. Now, when we get to the end, we may look back how all of these teams fared throughout the year and say, yeah, it was. But I just don't think that we can do that now without knowing how the
1: rest of the season plays out and how these teams look. How do you define tough when it comes to opponents? Because, excuse me, Utah, like with Utah, BYU is playing more than just the Utes. BYU is playing history. Yeah, In fact, 12 years of history of having not beaten their arch nemesis and longtime rivals. There are demons there. Whether you want to admit it or not as a BYU fan— or player, or coach, or staff member, there were demons there. You're playing the streak, you're playing history, you're playing demons. Everybody's thinking during the game at some point, when's BYU going to turn the ball over? When's the pick six going to happen? When's the scoop and score off of a fumble going to happen for Utah, right? Is that fair? Is that fair? Well, yes, that's what what the last nine games have all been like. That's the last decade plus, right? You're just waiting for some terrible thing to happen so that factors into it for me in terms of toughest game like it's not just toughest opponent or best team on BYU schedule the toughest game because of all of those mitigating factors for me clearly was Utah the monkey the proverbial monkey on the back was ripped off and thrown to the ground but it took just an unbelievable effort Jason so for me Yes, BYU has already played the toughest game on the schedule, but it's way bigger than the actual game. It just The mental aspect of that cannot be understated, in my opinion. Congratulations to the Cougars. I think they've won their toughest game on the schedule. That's not to say they don't have some incredibly talented opponents remaining. Yes. But with the streak, the history... Man, that that was a big one to get out of the way. Okay, so let's let's push this conversation forward then. So let's
7: look at the remaining schedule. So based off of what BYU still has left to play, and obviously things start this week with Arizona State, uh, a, a ranked opponent coming into Provo, what are the five toughest games, in your opinion,
1: left on BYU schedule? For me, I always look at, okay, what are the remaining road games? BYU's won 11 home games in a row after beating Utah, which, again, should not be overlooked. You win 11 in a row at home, fifth-best home win streak in program history. That's really good. The number one streak is 18 home games and wins in a row from 2006 to 2008. So for me, I look at the road because, understandably, you go into a volatile environment, it's just going to be tougher. And with how things are shaping out, that October 16th date – at Baylor, when BYU visits Jeff Grimes and a program that's trying to rediscover itself and get back into the top 25, if Baylor continues to win and is rolling, then that stadium's going to be rocking, and BYU will— This is the first real big road trip. I know BYU goes to Logan, but the majority of the guys on the team right now, they've gone to Logan. In fact, Jaron started the last game yes. in Logan— And BYU walked away with a monumental victory. It was a blowout against Jordan Love and the Aggies. So this road trip to Baylor, I feel, is BYU's first real huge road test. That's number one. At USC. Now, at USC was number one before that until they fired their coach. I don't know what they're going to be at the end of the season, Jason, with an interim coach. BYU's not a Pac-12 member. Maybe there's a, eh, well, it's not a Pac-12 game and, it doesn't really matter. Maybe the urgency isn't there for USC. Still, good team, loaded with four and five star talent. That's number two. Arizona State at home is number three. And I know that you probably disagree with me there. Maybe it's just like the timeliness of it all, followed by Virginia, the emotions of Bronco Mendenhall coming back. I think they're a better football team than we anticipated they would be. I
7: agree. I 100% agree.
1: And Boise State, led by Hank Bachmeyer, who apparently, if he was the quarterback last year, the Broncos would have beaten Zach Wilson and BYU. They're the fifth toughest game remaining on the schedule. How does your top five shake out?
7: Yeah, so we agree on two, and it's the bottom two. My, my t- next top three are, are different from yours, and I'm going to start with Arizona State.
1: Are you a guy that's like, the next game's the no, toughest game? No, no,
7: no, and it's not because it's the next game. It's the only matchup right now okay. that BYU has a top 25 team to face. Nobody else of all these games right now is ranked in the top 25. Arizona State is. Now, you can make, you can say whatever you want in terms of who they've played and, and, and regardless, but the fact that they are a ranked team, that they are also 2-0, I do like the fact that it is in Provo, but when you talk about the circumstances surrounding this game, you're coming off an unbelievable emotional win. I, I think this next one is huge for BYU to get, so that you don't have the, well, we, we, we spent everything last week. We just didn't have anything left. I, I think Arizona State is the next toughest because of everything that went into last week. Making sure you can stay up for Arizona State, which comes in as a ranked okay, team.
1: So not so much the toughest opponent, but mitigating factors are also Sir, impacting how you all, feel about this. But
7: they also have a lot of really talented players on their team. Speed galore and a dynamic quarterback that can run. So okay. Arizona State for me, I understand USC I have number 2. I understand everything going on with the coach, but I know what's on that roster and there's plenty of time for them to get that thing back on track. So I have USC 2 at Baylor as my my third most difficult game remaining and then Virginia and then Boise State.
1: Can we just rewind like 7 years cuz Arizona State's the same team every year to me. Super athletic, very talented at the skill positions speed all over the field and traditional underachievers. Well, let's hope that's the case this year. 2015. At least next, next week. week. I mean, 6 and 7. Next year, 5 and 7. 2017, 7 and 6. 7 and 6. 8 and 5. They played four games last year, 2 and 2. This team has tons of talent, but traditionally underachieve. Is that factoring into how I feel about them? Absolutely. Plus they've got some weird stuff going on with the coaching staff. So what do they bring? Like, are, are they really unified? Are they
2: disciplined? It's going to be interesting. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Here are what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Because Jerem Jordan
1: is not in Studio B today, you know who we absolutely have time for? A guy who's undefeated when he runs out the flag for BYU football. Dennis Pitta joins us over Zoom. Dennis, the undefeated man. Jerem's not here. Life is good, right?
8: Life is great.
1: Yeah. I uh, Listen, I was
8: on a camping trip all weekend. I had no service. You guys are going to have to catch me up. Was there anything that went on? <laughs>
7: No, it was nope. Did I miss anything? Nothing happened. It was a completely dull weekend. I'm just, okay. I'm just glad you good.
8: finished. Your I, had camping no trip. I was worried. Yeah. Camping trip was great. <laughs> had some good family time. So enjoyed you, the weekend. Were
1: you camping in Provo Canyon? Cause I swear I saw you run out the flag on Saturday night.
8: I did. I did. I did run out the flag. So I was joking about the camping trip. I hope <laughs> that's clear at this point. Um, I ran out the flag. Listen, I'm undefeated. Like you mentioned, I have not, well, I have. The BYU has not lost a game when I have run out the flag. I think the only other time I've done it was in Tucson two years ago, the, the season opener against Arizona, and we won. So I'm two for two. You need me out there more often.
7: Seriously. Are you coming up this weekend?
8: I uh, can't. This, I can't this weekend. The boys are on their own this weekend. I, I can't bring um, my good karma up there. But listen, actually running the flag out was was awesome because I got to bring my son on the field with us and we ran out together. And, uh, you know, for an eight year old boy, he's he's my oldest child. And, uh, you know, just getting into football and kind of understanding what I used to do and and all that. And, and it was a blast for him. Um, the only concern I think he had was right before we were about to run the flag out. He looked up at me, said, Hey, um, they're not bringing those jets back. Are they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the no, no, <laughs> yeah. Those,
8: that was about the scariest thing. I think I've ever been through was those <laughs> jets coming overhead, about 10 feet above your head, blowing your eardrums out. But uh, other than that, it was a, it was an awesome game. I mean, electric atmosphere. I, I don't remember the stadium being like that ever. And it was so much fun.
1: Well, that's saying something because you played in front of some very excited crowds. You won a lot of games at home. But I'm with you. And even Tom Holmo said you may have to rewind to 1990 for the Miami game to get that type of atmosphere just with how much positive juice was in the stadium. And there was so much good that had happened. The Big 12 invitation the day before – BYU's coming off a win over Arizona. It's Utah. You're trying to snap the streak. You mentioned the Jets flying overhead. 20 years to the day of 9-11 honoring all those heroes. I don't know why I didn't think that uh, BYU didn't have even a better shot at winning this game because it felt like Utah was going into an angry hive of fans. Uh, Going into the game, how did you feel that BYU was going to do against Utah?
8: Well, given the track record over the last decade or so um, you're always concerned about this game. (laughs) Uh, We haven't performed at our best, even when we had good teams and felt like we had chances to win for whatever reason, we would have a letdown and and we would not play our best through stretches and and allow Utah to squeak by again. And so you're always worried about that. You never know know, how the game shakes out. Even if on paper, it looks in your favor you know, the ball still has to bounce your way. And unfortunately we got, you know, some of those breaks in this game, but, but in the end we were just a better team. And I think that was very clear when all was said and done in this game, we dominated them in the trenches. There's been a lot of mention of that um, from both sides. Obviously coach Whittingham has just been beside himself that BYU beat them down up and down the field in the trenches and um, not something we would have anticipated going into this game, but certainly, certainly the result, but, Listen, you're always uneasy about Utah. But to finally get that monkey off our back, to get a win, I mean, it it feels amazing. And we also got part of running the flags that we got to go in the locker room before the game, which I have never done since being a player. I have never been in the locker room prior to a game. I've been in there after, after big wins and stuff like that. But I went into the locker room before the game, and it was almost like a uh, dance club dance party scene. And I mean, the music was rocking. Everybody was loose and relaxed. And, and Austin Collie, and I looked at each other and we said, this was not our experience <laughs> at BYU. This is not what the locker room seemed like when we were here. I mean, it was quiet. There was no music blasting. Um, everybody was kind of trying to focus and, 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 and keep to themselves a little bit. And we went in there and like, I think these dudes are ready. I, I think they're, uh, they're having fun. They're relaxed. This is not too big of a moment for them. And so coming out of that locker room pregame, we felt like this team's ready to rock. And uh, that was certainly the case.
7: Dennis, there were a lot of things to like about that game. Certainly. I want to focus on the quarterback. Uh, Jaron Hall looked to be in complete control of the offense, and it showed multiple times throughout that game. What did you make of Jaron's play overall?
8: Well, it's, it's hard to not like what Jaron's doing out there. I mean, he's not throwing the ball all over the field and, and throwing for 1,000 yards a game, but he's doing exactly what he needs to do, and he's protecting the football, which in my opinion is the most important thing any quarterback can do. You kill yourselves when you turn the football over. And this team has not fumbled. This team has not thrown interceptions. This team is protecting the football and, and playing smart. And that, in my opinion, goes a long way, especially against Utah. When the turnover margin has been so lopsided in this series and a large reason why we have not had a lot of success over the last decade against these guys, because we haven't protected the football. He has come into this season and made a conscious effort to be smart, to not take risks that are unnecessary to protect the football and just make the right play. And he's absolutely doing that. And then you couple that with his ability to run and to convert, you know, big third downs and fourth downs, which is huge for any team. Uh, I love what he's doing.
1: Hey, fun fact, Dennis, the last time BYU had zero turnovers in a BYU Utah rivalry game, 2009, when you were playing and you last beat Utah, of course, before the streak was busted this previous weekend. So, you're right. The turnover battle in that game, especially, cannot be emphasized enough.
8: Turnover margin is absolutely one of the most important stats in football. And, you know, throughout my career with the Ravens, the one thing that Coach Harbaugh would always stress to us is turnover margin. And we'd look at the statistics. We'd look at, okay, if you have a turnover, here's your probability, your win chance now. And it, it just continues to go down with every turnover. I mean, turnover margin is absolutely essential. And, and, and you see that last time we won, we didn't turn the ball over. I mean, it's, it's critical component of the game that is oftentimes overlooked in my opinion.
7: Let's talk tight ends, and we spent the entire offseason with you know Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker coming back from his mission, talking about how big of a weapon that the tight ends were going to be in this offense, and Dennis, through two games, tight ends have caught three passes for 26 yards. Now, head coach Kalani Satake was asked about that, and he's like, look, the production from that position goes well beyond just catching passes, but how surprised are you that the tight ends have not been more of a weapon inside the offense?
8: I'm actually surprised BYU has tight ends on their roster. I did not know that. <laughs> I, I just assumed there wasn't any tight ends because you don't see them on the field ever. Um, listen, this has been my biggest gripe, and, and there's not a lot to gripe about over the last two games, right? Two Pac-12 wins. I mean, it's been it's been an unbelievable start to the season. But you have Isaac Rex, who just came off a monster freshman year—the best freshman year in, in the history of BYU football. Twelve tight end or twelve touchdowns, uh, just an absolute beast in the red zone. And then you have uh Holker, who number one he wears number thirty two, yes. so he obviously must be a big Jimmer fan. <laughs> I'm also a big Jimmer fan. Um, but a guy who can run like a wide receiver. I mean, you watch him; they, they split him out a lot. He's running all kinds of of deep breaking in routes, digs, all kinds of stuff like that from a wide receiver position out wide. And the dude can run. I mean, he's smooth and he, and he runs like a wide receiver. And to have those two guys on your roster, I think it's a mistake to not get them the ball more. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys watched the Monday night football game, Ravens against, when well, my Ravens lost in a heartbreaker uh, against the Raiders. And uh, Darren Waller, you know, who, who I played with for four years, a guy that was, was in our tight end room. Um, runs like a wide receiver. I mean, he he's a big dude and he can move. And they targeted him like 20 times. Yes, I think he only had eight or nine catches, but I mean, they were trying to get that dude the ball because they understand how critical of a matchup that is. If you have a tight end that can run, if you have a tight end that's huge and can go up and has a big catch radius and can make plays in the red zone, that is so difficult for a defense to defend. And I think BYU, if they want to take the next step forward in in their offensive evolution, which I think they need to do because this is a very good offense. And listen, we can we can ground and pound all day and Jaron's smart with the football, but this is not an offense yet that has proven they can put up thirty, forty, fifty points in a game um, and, and be that electric offense. If they want to get to that point, well, we're gonna to have to start throwing and getting these these tight ends involved, in my opinion. And so to have two quality tight ends like that, and these dudes are good tight ends, I think we have to find a way to get them more involved, and that will be kind of the next step in this offensive evolution as, as we see the season unfold.
1: Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation, Super Bowl champion, former BYU and NFL standout tight end. And just maybe BYU needs to implement the tight end more to get off to a 3-0 and start with a win over Arizona State. You live essentially in the heart of Sun Devil Country, Dennis. So, what's the vibe around Arizona State football right now as they come into BYU?
8: Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of annoying ASU fans around me. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, a couple of good friends that are ASU alums, and I have to hear a lot about their team. And they they feel good about their team. They think they're pretty good. And listen, they with Herm Edwards and this staff, they've had a couple good years of recruiting. They've uh, they've got a lot of 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 high recruits a lot of high ranked guys and a lot of really good skilled position players I mean they've got receivers they've got a quarterback that's that's you know got some experience and a guy that can really move and hurt you with his legs as well and so this is a team that I think is going to be able to put up a lot of points this is an offense that BYU will be facing that's better than any offense they've faced so far um and then that's just a fact so I think BYU's key to winning in this game is obviously you have to dominate the line of scrimmage once again. That's a key to winning in any football game. But if you can run the football effectively against Arizona State and keep their offense off the field as much as you possibly can, I think that's a, a formula for success in this Saturday's game. And so um, I think BYU can do it, to be completely honest. I think they have a better matchup inside the trenches, offensively and defensively. And so if they can dominate there like they showed the last two weeks, which is the reason they beat Utah last week. Um, you know, I, I think we come away with this one. And so I, I like our chances. I think we're a better football team overall. I think we're more disciplined. I think um, the way our guys are playing right now is phenomenal. And uh, I'm excited to watch this game.
7: So now that BYU is in the Big Twelve, apparently everything retroactively just transfers over. So you can start referring to yourself as Big Twelve tight end, Dennis Pitta. Uh, how how yeah, big is I've, this? How didn't much I, of a game did, I didn't
8: play in the Big Twelve?
7: You're a Big Twelve <laughs> legend. Been, Dennis? You're a Big Twelve legend. I mean, you're going in yeah, the record that's books. What I so how right. big of a game changer is this for BYU?
8: Oh, it's massive. I mean, it's huge. Um, you know, what's funny is I I I still will go back every now and then and watch some of our games the tv copies of our games <laughs> in the mountain west conference and i can barely make out like certain players i mean the, the it's so fuzzy it's like all pixelated and the quality of of the television broadcast is just not where it is today and so i mean you feel like you played in like the 1950s yeah <laughs> when you go back and watch some of those mountain west conference games on the mountain. And to, to see where we were at that point, and listen, we had some really good teams during that stretch, but, but little national notoriety or national exposure on the mountain to now where we're at in the big 12. I mean, it is, it is light years ahead of where we were. And so if we can put together, uh, you know, some good seasons over the next couple of years, I mean, our national exposure and our recognition is going to go through the roof. And, You know, fortunately, we're we're able to be on a platform now that helps us in in every facet of our uh, of our sports programs. I mean, and it's not just football. You look at basketball. That's the best basketball conference in the whole country. I mean, how awesome is it going to be when we sit there and we watch Kansas come into Provo and play in the Marriott Center or we watch Baylor, the defending champions come in? I, I mean, it is a powerful basketball conference. And so from a football standpoint, it's unbelievable. Recruiting standpoint, now you add legitimacy and, and validation. I butchered that word, legitimacy. Okay. I can't le- even say Legiti- Legitimacy. Le- le- legitimacy. Thank you, Spencer. You're welcome. And I'm so glad Jaron wasn't here to see that. Jaron, <laughs> Jaron, whatever his name is. I still don't know his name. But, um, you know, it, it adds validation to, to the message that we're a big time football program. And listen, now we are, we're in the big 12. We're in a power conference. And, uh, you know, however this thing shakes out with realignment across the country. Um, I think we're well positioned.
1: Everyone don't forget he's undefeated helping BYU football win. When he runs out the flag, he was also pretty good as a player. And he's a big 12 legend threat. Right? Dennis Pitta. Of course we had time for you today, my friend. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us.
8: Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, did you guys happen to see what Jerem, Jerum Jerem, is it with the name? Jerome, posted. actually. Jerome? Okay, good. That's what I thought. Um, he was walking behind a guy who was wearing my jersey uh-huh. on campus. Uh-huh. I love that. That made me really, really happy. <laughs> and just just to have to see my name. You know, from time to time. It, I'm, I'm sure it cuts him deep. So You
7: live rent-free in but his we, head. En-
8: enough about Jerome. <laughs> we don't care about him. Out of sight, out of mind. So it's been a pleasure, guys. I, I appreciate you having me on.
7: You
1: got it. Thanks, Dennis, Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Big 12 legend. Great as always.
2: Yes. Love talking with Dennis Pitta. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday.
0: Is BYU playing with house money going into the Arizona State game since BYU's already 2-0 and already beat Utah?
1: To a degree, but I think collectively, as BYU fans, we're starting to get greedy, right?
0: Yes! We're getting gre- we do. This is what
1: happens. It's what we you do. You and I both said before the season began, oh, BYU beats Utah, who cares what happens against Arizona State the next week? Do we still feel that way? What? No. We don't feel that way. <laughs> we don't feel that way because we see what the national pundits and everyone are saying about BYU. <laughs> Number 23, oh, if they beat Arizona State, this could be a very special season for BYU. So, yes, by nature, we're starting to get greedy. How fast did that change? It
0: changes fast. But and, and it should change. Your expectations should be adjusted as you go. You don't have to be the same person you were, same opinion previously. You learn things, and then you make new ideas.
1: But still, to a degree, yes, BYU has some house money. It just depends on if you're going to get greedy and try and hang on to that and you want more and you're going to you know calculate things so that you can make that happen, or if you're just like, yeah, go out there, BYU loses, it's okay. They beat Utah. They beat Arizona. They're still 2-1. We will
0: feel that way if that happens, right? Like, if you put the blinders on, yes, you want to win this week. Of course, of course. But I'm talking over the season that, like, the, the, the peak of the season has already happened, by the way. Do we realize this?
1: Big 12 invite?
0: No. Beating Utah.
1: Beating Utah.
0: Like big, yes, <laughs> Big 12 is bigger than that. But when we look at this season from a distance, we'll remember the Big 12 part. But we will remember, oh, the streak ended. Okay? So that's the top of the mountain. I'm sorry. It is. What, like You may not admit it to yourself. It is. So that's why the letdown is a real thing here. Don't let it happen.
1: Now, what's crazy is, Talk to anybody on the 1996 team, 14-1. and
0: We will in a minute.
1: They all bring up the one loss.
0: So that's why I'm freaking out right now. Yes, because... and be ready for tomorrow night.
1: And it was the third game. Yep. This is game number three. But here's the
0: thing. BYU's not going to be a one-loss team at the end of the year. I I, I feel like there's a couple losses in there. That's totally fine.
1: Sure. But if BYU beats Arizona State, (laughs) there are a large faction of fans that are putting on the blue goggles and thinking... Just maybe yeah, that, it could Blue be a one-loss team. Blue you God start 3-0, is. you're going to beat Utah State. You're going to beat Utah State. You're going to be yep. 5-0. You're going to handle business if with you Boise can, State at home.
0: If you can beat Utah and Arizona State, BYU will feel like it can beat everybody. Because USC just got blown out. So it means anything is possible! I house, get it. House money. I get it. But
1: do you just want more? Of course Always!
0: you do. Of course you Who's do. Who's like, I need less. You know what I need? I need less. No, yeah. Like no one.
1: The comfort blanket no. this week is, if BYU loses, well, BYU <laughs> beat Utah, and ah, the they're in and the Big, Big 12. 12. Yeah. It's all good. We have
0: plenty of laurels to rest yeah, on.
1: BYU fans just don't want the comfort blanket <laughs> right now, though.
0: They're
2: like, no, leave the comfort blanket in the car.
0: Yes, the comfort. Let's go win
2: yeah. some more. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation.
1: I didn't ask him about uh, Forks Down or anything like that, but Gunnar Romney does have a former high school teammate that he's going to play against who is a defensive back for Arizona State.
0: And his uh, high school coach is the running backs.
1: Coach. There you go. Pretty cool. We discussed some of those connections in our BYU Sports Nation All Access one-on-one to preview Arizona State and BYU. Gunnar Romney. You sneaky dog, catching a touchdown in a game nobody thought you were going to play in. Walk me through the recovery process of getting back into that game against Utah and how you were feeling.
9: Yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. I didn't really think I was going to be able to play either at the beginning of last week. Um, you know, I got back on Sunday, even, even up until Monday and Tuesday. I, I couldn't even walk. I was on crutches. It hurt to put any pressure on my leg. But, you know, I got an MRI back, and they said, you know, if you play, there's no, there's no risk to further damage your knee. It's it struck the sound. So I'll, all I had to really do was deal with the pain, and I wasn't going to miss that Utah game. So hit the recovery hard, and the first time I actually ran all week was in warm-ups. So it really, was it was it was, if it felt good, I was going to play. If I felt it, it, that it was hurting still, then I was just going to, you know, be a decoy on the sideline. But it felt great, so I, I got out there and was able to do a little bit to help my team win. That is wild, your touchdown catch essentially is the game clincher because
1: it puts you at twenty three points. I know you added a field goal later, but Utah only got to seventeen so uh, in your wildest, did you imagine that you would be catching the game winning touchdown de facto against Utah when your week began
9: no no i I, I thought i wasn 't going to be able to play, and it was super sad because I you know. Mm. Catching a game-winning touchdown against Utah, that's been a childhood dream of mine. You know, that's something that every kid grows up dreaming about. Um, so, I, you know, I was, I was super sad at the beginning of the week, and then as it progressed, um, when they told me, you know, I might be able to play, this was on Wednesday or Thursday, you know, that glimmer of hope really, I think it kind of fueled my, my recovery. You know, they say something about, like, mental, you know, all that, all that stuff's connected, and so I think that's, that's what really got me to be able to play, and so it was, it was awesome. It was a dream come true.
1: How's the pain management right now as you get ready for Arizona State, another team that uh, has some guys you used to play against and play with in high school?
9: Yeah, it's doing a lot better this week. You know, the soreness is gone. I'm getting a full week of practice. And so I'm just really trying to trying to get back into, into shape, really, because I didn't practice at all last week. So I can go against those dudes. You know, Chase Lucas, one of their starting cornerbacks, I went to high school with them, Chandler High School alums. So I'm looking forward to that matchup for sure.
1: What type of back and forth has existed between you and
9: Chase, if you don't mind sharing, if at all? Um, very minimal, but, you know, we, we work out together in Arizona. Um, we go down there and, you know, we've, we've always uh, been competitive. He's a DB, I'm a receiver. So I think we, we both kind of know uh, what's, what's coming in the competitive, competitive nature that this game's going to have.
1: What do you know about Arizona State's defense at this point?
9: So I mean, they're a great defense. I think they're ranked top ten in, in total defense so far throughout the year. Um, they've got athletes all across the board. They're they're gonna they're gonna man us up. They're gonna they're gonna try and um, you know be more physical than us. Um, so that's something that that we're gonna have to be prepared for because they're gonna bring that physicality and, and that athleticism. So I think we have to be ready for that.
1: Now I know the BYU playbook is getting deeper as Aaron Rodgers progresses as the offensive coordinator. How much of the offense have you really shown? through two games against Arizona and
9: Utah? You know, we we carry a bunch of different packages for every single game where we'll add um, 20 plays for for every single game that we go into just specifically based for that new team's defense. So I would say we, we haven't really shown a lot at all considering that we change our offense almost every single week. So, I mean, you'll probably see a lot of new stuff going in.
1: Why do you think your offense can be successful against, as you called it, a very good Arizona State
9: defense? Um, you know, I think we have weapons all across the board. Um, like I said, they they have good athletes, and, and you know, they're going to want to man us up and, and match up. But I think we, we create some matchup problems just with our sheer depth. You know, we have receivers that can go make plays all across the board. We have tight ends that can go make plays. We have a great offensive line. We have running backs that can do it all. So I think just our, our depth and our – our sheer no amount of weapons that we have can, can really put some mismatches and, and get it get us to an advantage.
1: Now, Gunnar, clearly within the Romney family, there is this power to stay even keel, both you and your brother. You're just, you're so calm and collected at all times. How do you spread that message to your teammates coming off? What was understandably the emotional high of emotional highs last week, beating Utah and getting an invitation to the big 12.
9: Yeah. You know, especially here at BYU, I think historically um, there's been sort of a trend where, you know, you win a huge game against a huge opponent and then you kind of have a lull the next week. And so that's something that everybody's addressing. You know, we we talked about in the receivers room, we talked about being being like a surfer. You know, uh, as soon as they catch their biggest wave, what's the next thing they do? Is they look for a, a wave even bigger than that. And so that's kind of been the theme throughout this week is looking for an even bigger win and even, an even bigger wave. Um, so I think... Uh, not just my even-keeledness, but the I think the team and, and Kalani um, really are, are focusing on, you know, not staying too high. We had a great game, but we're looking forward to this next week. We're going to try and forget about that game and just focus on this next Saturday.
1: Safe to say you're ready to hang 10 on the big wave as it carries into Arizona State.
9: Hopefully. Hopefully we can do that. <laughs>
1: Very good. All right, let's uh, give you a huge portion of BYU Sports Nation karma for your recovery for the team's performance against Arizona State. We appreciate the time, Gunner. Good luck, man. We'll talk to
2: you soon. All right, thanks, thanks for having me on. on. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Let's whip it.
1: Kruger around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
0: Jamal Williams had a classic quote yesterday when discussing playing his former team, the Green Bay Packers, coming up, what, Monday night? Is that Monday night? Like that ex-girlfriend, shoot, I gotta go, Williams said, via Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press. Yep. But I got a rebound. It was the Lions. They picked me up. Now they feeding me good, taking me to dinners. Another man's trash is another man's treasure. Is Jamal Williams saying playing the Packers is like running into that ex-girlfriend? The best
1: Jamalism ever. Boy, it's hard to argue against the recency bias of that because that's a fantastic quote. <laughs> but the whole mermaid thing he had going with the Green Bay Packers is still number one for me. What
0: did he say again? I can't
1: remember. He's like He, he just said he compared himself to a mermaid. For I have no idea why. Merman. I have no idea.
0: I think his best Jamalism is calling us two middle-aged vanilla men.
1: Yes, my middle-aged vanilla brethren.
0: Also, he heard the uh, you know, the voice from a speaker up here one time before a show and he goes, "Joseph Smith!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Like we need a quote book from Jamal Williams. It yes, was, like every BYU fan would buy it. Joseph Smith. Are we sitting on a gold oh, mine? Are we sitting man. on a potential gold mine here? We should ask Silver Jamal. Silver a bronze mine. All yes. of your quotes yes. in a book every BYU fan would buy it. Seriously.
0: Jerry do we're calling you
1: Former BYU defensive back Tim McTyre tweeted out the following clip as he gets ramped up for BYU's game with Arizona State. Now, Jerem, after watching this clip and taking a closer look, was that targeting?
0: I love Tim. We talked to Tim two weeks ago on the FanFest. I think this is targeting Brody. Leads with this helmet and I think goes face uh, mask. crown of the face helmet mask. into the face mask? <laughs> yeah, that yes, qualifies he, as targeting. Yeah, Tim would have been ejected. But you know, but you know what? Uh, that wasn't real at the time, so it doesn't matter. Different
1: game back then. And you know what? Speaking of targeting, like, with how, stop kicking players out of the game at the college level. Give them a 15-yard penalty. Slap them on the wrist. Make them sit out a quarter maybe. Stop ejecting them from the game and then making them sit out another half. It's affecting way too many games and players. There's
0: there's probably, like in basketball where you have a flagrant one and two space that we could go to where, like, listen, if you throw a punch that's different than – hitting someone helmet to helmet where they duck down and you're you're up, but they kind of come into you, blah, blah, blah. There's some great area there. I agree with you. There needs to be a yellow and red type of system. Yellow red flag- card, yeah. A flagrant one, flagrant two type of system where it's like this was bad, but it wasn't that bad you that do it sense?
1: once, yeah, if it's egregious, it's a red card. Yes, you just But strike. if it's a targeting call, not purposeful. Can there be a
0: targeting one? And give me a yellow two. card. If yeah. there's a
1: an, – and then you do it again, and you have two yellow cards, then you're rejected.
0: I understand safety, but, yes, it's it's too much right now.
1: Okay, sorry, I'm off my soapbox. Let's go. It's pretty soapy there. Uh,
0: more impressive, um, you know, women's volleyball sweep of Utah or soccer, three straight games scoring seven goals at home.
1: That's unbelievable. Seven goals oh. three times in a row. I don't want to discredit that. The competition has not been the highest level for BYU on their home pitch. Hey,
0: there was an SEC team in there.
1: But you said Utah State's even better than Missouri. Shh,
0: you're, you're lessening the 7 goals.
1: BYU women's volleyball just beat number 10-ranked Utah, their yeah. arch nemesis in volleyball. The Cougars yeah. are going to creep up towards the top 10. That one's more impressive to me. Just huge match, huge emotion, and they swept.
0: Yeah, no, it was really impressive. I was really impressed by the energy and the building from the fans. I'm pretty confident after 13 years of looking around and getting within like 400 on the attendance now. So last night I said we're gonna push 5K, and it was 5140.
1: 5140!
0: 51-40. I, was like, yeah! I actually did it.
1: Hey, by the way, going back to that seven goal game, we called it. In fact, yes, I we called did. It.
0: It, we said this I yesterday. Kind of
1: feel strongly that is gonna hit the seven mark against Idaho State, and then maybe call it off.
0: <laughs> How about that? Yeah, dust it off.
1: Got some dirt on my shoulder. Could you brush it off for me?
2: No, I'm not going to brush it off. You brush off your Okay. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, on BYU TV and BYU Radio.